things it was safer to ask to remain non-magical first, while work or play or food preparation or whatever was being got on with. Nobody had ever heard of a loaf of bread turning into a flock of starlings for anyone they knew, but the nursery tale was well known, and in that country it didn't pay to take chances. The muttered words were usually only some phrase such as, Bread, stay bread, or in upper-class households, Bread, please oblige me which was a less wise form, since an especially impish gust of magic could choose to translate oblige just as it chose. Births were very closely attended, because the request that things stay what they were had to be got in quickly, birth being a very great magic, and in that country likely to be teased into mischief. It was so common an occurrence as to occasion no remark when a new-sown field began coming up quite obviously as something other than what was planted, and by a week later to have reverted to what the farmer had put in. But while, like the pansies and the thimbles, this kind of magic was only a temporary aberration, it could be very embarrassing and onerous while it lasted. Farmers in that country worried more about falling asleep during the birthing times of their stock than they worried about the weather. The destruction a litter of baby Terralians caused remained even after it had reverted to piglets. No one knew how the wild birds and beasts negotiated this, but human parents-to-be would go to extreme lengths to ensure a fairy was on hand to say the birth words over their new little one. Generally speaking, The more mobile and water-dependent something was, the more likely magic was to get at it. This meant animals, and of course humans, were the most vulnerable. Rocks were pretty reliably rocks, except of course when they were something else that had been turned into rocks. But rocks themselves sort of slept through magic attacks, and even if some especially wild and erratic bit of magic decided to deck out a dry stone wall as a marble fountain, you could still feel the dry stone wall if you closed your eyes and touched the fountain, and the water would not make you wet. The lichen that grew on the rock, however, could be turned into daisies quite convincing enough to make you sneeze if real daisies did so, and the insects and small creatures that crept over the lichen were more susceptible yet. There was an idea much beloved and written about by this country's philosophers that magic had to do with negotiating the balance between earth and air and water, which is to say that things with legs or wings were out of balance with their earth element by walking around on feet, or worse, flying above the earth in the thin substance of air, obviously entirely unsuitable for the support of solid flesh. The momentum all this inappropriate motion set up in their liquid element unbalanced them further. Spirit, in this system, was equated with the fourth element, fire. All this was generally felt to be a load of rubbish among the people who had to work in the ordinary world for a living, unlike philosophers living in academies. But it was true that a favourite magical trick at fates was for theatrically-minded fairies to throw bits of chaff or seed-pods or conkers in the air and turn them into things before they struck the ground, and that the trick worked better if the bits of chaff or seed-pods or conkers were wet. Slower creatures were less susceptible to the whims of wild magic than faster creatures, and creatures that flew were the most susceptible of all.
Every sparrow had a delicious memory of having once been a hawk, and while magic didn't take much interest in caterpillars, butterflies spent so much time being magicked that it was a rare event to see ordinary butterflies without at least an extra set of wings, or a few extra frills and iridescences, or bodies like tiny human beings dressed in flower petals. Fish, which flew through that most dangerous element water, were believed not to exist. Fishy-looking beings in pools and streams were either hallucinations or other things under some kind of spell, and interfering with, catching or, most especially, eating fish was strictly forbidden. All swimming was considered magical. Animals seen doing it were assumed to be favourites of a local water sprite or dangerously insane. Humans never tried. There did seem to be one positive effect to living involuntarily steeped in magic. Everyone lived longer. More humans made their century than didn't. Birds and animals often lived to thirty, and fifty was not unheard of. The breeders of domestic animals in that country were unusually sober and responsible individuals, since any mistakes they made might be around to haunt them for a long time. Although magic was ubiquitous and magic...